Welcome to the Financial Advisors Advisor, the podcast offering guidance and advice on all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the go-to podcast for any financial advisor in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Frank LaRosa, the CEO of Elite Consulting Partners, and I am the Financial Advisors Advisor. Proud this week and happy to have my right-hand man with me again. Well, I was flying solo on Saturday, but Dell Dempsey's back in the chair. Oh, you know oh, what? I broke the streak. I didn't even think about the streak. That. He left me, left me hanging by myself. Oh, sorry. I had sorry. to do my, uh, had to fly solo, but you were there in spirit. So um, it was a busy weekend. We had a, and we've had a busy week. We've had, had a busy week. Busy week coming up. Totally. So yeah, we, we have something a little bit different for you this week, but yeah, we're going to cover a little bit of, a little bit of everything. But um, before we sort of get into that, you know, I think we, we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't thank everybody for joining us. If you're new to the podcast, welcome to the show. We got a lot of subscribers in the last couple of weeks that we really appreciated. Thousands of downloads, which is unbelievable. You know, I don't know what that means relative to everything else, but I know it's we're, we're up to 100 plus downloads a day. So it's really, really awesome. For those of you that are continuing to go to iTunes and as Dale, you like to say, slam that like button. Yeah, smash it. Leave us, smash it, <laughs> slam it. Leave us some great reviews. We appreciate it. But yeah, this week is really interesting. We, we have a sort of a couple of things to talk about. Actually, speaking of busy, yeah, you were, you traveled the earlier part of this week. I did, yeah. So you went to, maybe tell us a little bit about that. You went to yeah, the yeah, home I pre- office, right? Yeah, totally, totally. So the guy, so if you were following me on Instagram, franklarosa.elite, you know that I posted some some uh, videos. Uh, I had just recovered from being sick, so I didn't look the best. But I was down in Boca doing a home office visit with some clients coincidentally off the heels of us doing our podcast about home office visits and how important they are. And that was really interesting. I think my clients really, really loved it. But, you know, for us, you know, that's important for us uh, that we spend time with our clients really sort of in the weeds, uh, looking under the hood, whatever analogy you want to use, but getting to know these, these firms that they, that they decide they're going to move their business to, which is a huge move. So we take that seriously. So I wanted to make sure that we were there. You know, I've been in situations where, there's things not being communicated correctly, not necessarily this past week, but I've been in situations where, you know, they're talking about the economics and it's being miscommunicated. And if I wasn't there, it would have gone completely south. Oh, I remember this, right? So they're presenting a deal to the advisor team. Right. And it's good, actually, that you were there, sort of not fly on the wall, but you were in control. You were like emceeing the, the entire yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah. So you notice that. They checked out. Oh, you at visibly one point, see their body language. Right. Yeah. The, the deal was not what they were expecting. Well, and right. Then, it wasn't the firm's fault. It was, I think it was just the way it was um, articulated to the firm with what they wanted was not accurate. And so when they presented this opportunity, this offer, uh, you could see the the air get sucked out of the room sure. for a brief moment. And so I could, and so the advisor just sort of turned to me like from across the table and gave me this look like, dude, what the F happened? without having to say it. Sort of like when my wife looks at me and when I did something wrong, I know I'm, I'm in trouble, right? You know what's interesting? Just human reaction, the, the human nature of it, when an advisor will hear a deal and they start thinking about the numbers, right? how they don't, it's just a reaction thing. They hear a percentage, they, they see an upfront amount and they just get it in their head and they don't think about the totality 
yeah. of the deal. Well, that's a great point. Yeah, they hold on to that number like a dog with a bone, right? And it's it's it can be frustrating for us, right? Because we try to do our the right thing by bringing to them the firm that we think that they should really go to based on everything they've told us. Inevitably, they always say it's not about the money, right? We did a podcast. I think number two was not about the money, but it's about the money. But no, you're right. And uh, we're actually we're working on a, on a situation right now with a two and a half million dollar deal practice. And it's down to two firms. One firm is uh, giving them 170% upfront, right? And then, but not much in terms of extras, business development dollars, a uh, third uh, analyst or assistant, whatever, whatever they want to put title on that person. But it's an $85,000 expense that if they're at that firm, firm B, they're going to have to come out of pocket with. On the flip side, they have this other firm that's only giving them 140. So it's a, essentially a, a 30 point differential okay. on, on, let's just round the numbers to $2 million, right? The $600,000 difference. But firm A is giving them an additional $25,000 a year for the next 10 years in marketing budget on top of what the other firm is giving. So it's really 50 grand a year, 50 grand. right? Plus an $85,000 third support person for 10 years, which is $850,000. Well, that's easy math. So it's over a million dollars more, right? And so what I'm trying to get my our clients to understand is the totality to your point, which is perfect timing, the totality of, of which deal is really better. As, an, as a business owner, I look at what do I have to come out of pocket with and not come out of pocket with? So if I have to come out of pocket with a million dollars less, to me, that's a better deal. And I'm putting that firm is showing me at least that they're reinvesting in me. So I think that that's really important you know, sort of, I'm going to call that topic of the day today, but, you know, that's one of the things that we talked about at the, at the home office visit this week, but it comes up often. It's coming up more and more often now. Firms are getting more aggressive, especially for big wirehouse teams. But yeah, that's, that's a topic du jour right now too. So if you're, if you're in that situation and you're looking at some deals, just to Dale's point, don't get enamored by just that upfront piece. You have to look at everything that's involved in what the firms are offering you. We're not even, we're not talking about payouts and not going to go into the weeds on that stuff. I'm, we're just talking about just pure deal to deal. Right. Right. So, right. Don't get enamored with just the upfront number, just because there's typically there's more to offer. Right. And and we've always believed that it might cost a little bit more to be at a certain firm, but there is a likelihood that you'll get more out of it. Right. So this maybe is a good segue into the other topic we wanted to cover. Because I think this ties in with that. Yeah, right. But so in terms of the, we, we know, it's all about the net and, and cost to doing business. Right. The topic, sort of Dale's going to run through some history. They'll put out a little, like a timeline. Uh, uh, the the race that. to zero. Right. The race to zero. I've been in this business for uh, for 20 plus years and, and the race to zero has taken about 20 plus years. But in the last, we'll call it four weeks, it's gone like light speed or warp, warp speed if you're a Star Trek fan or whatever. Right. So, you know, we're, we really wanted to just spend a few minutes talking about this whole race to zero with custodians not charging for, you know, ETF trades and it's basically no cost trading anymore. It's really just sort of, I'll say there's a lot of unknowns still because I think that those firms, custodians, and the wires and people that are charging still don't really know what this really means. I think Schwab pulled the trigger on this thing, but it's something you be careful what you wish for. Time out. So... This is what I came up with, and I, and and disclaimer: don't know if this is entirely accurate, but October first, 
Charles Schwab announces no more commission. We're doing zero cost on the trades for clients. And, and this is just for, I believe it's individual equities and ETFs. Right. The next day, TD Ameritrade, sort of as expected, does the same thing. They make the same announcement. E-Trade the following day also makes the same it's announcement. It's like a waterfall effect. Right? Shortly after that, Robinhood, which is a which is a popular app on the, on the phone, which has been zero trades for a long time, does something to try and differentiate themselves and offers cash management services, which is sort of like a second launch for them. But they're, they're trying to uh, get more people using their app. After that, Fidelity also announces they're going to zero. Then I've got Raymond James makes an announcement after that. And then Merrill Edge makes an announcement following. And I'm sure there's going to be others. Yeah, yeah. What I thought was really interesting, um, and I want to get your thoughts on this. On September 26th, a week before Schwab announces they're going to zero, I found some PR newswire blurb, little story. It didn't look like it got any attention. I missed it. Interactive Brokers announced they're going to launch this thing called Interactive Brokers Lite. Unlimited trades, zero fees. It was even further down in the cliff notes that I found they also said they're going to offer higher margin rates for their clients, well, higher returns on cash, 1.5%, something like that. Right. What are your thoughts on I I think this is a, uh, a massive race for assets. You know, we talk to different firms and all, almost to a firm, they're all concerned about interest rates, right? So, you know, who knows what's going to happen politically coming into election year. You know, if you look, listen to uh, conservative radio, everything's awesome. You know, unemployment is at, you know, sort of the lowest it's ever been, right? We have full employment basically. Uh, but then if you listen to liberal radio or CNN or whatever, they're, they're telling you that we're on the, on the beginning of a recession, right? And so, Firms are looking at this like interest rates might be going up. And when interest rates go up, uh, those types of firms make a lot more money on cash. And so they want to try, these firms are all out there right now to get get a hold of and get their arms around client assets as fast as they possibly can. And the quickest way to do that is free, right? Right. Free trading. But be careful what you wish for in terms of a client because they're going to be, what I say, sort of welcome to the world of upselling a client. It's going to be other services. Firms are going to come out with uh, different planning approaches or basically just different add-on sales that they're going to, these firms are going to have to provide in order to make more money. There could be some service fees that they get charged. So it's not a trading fee, no. right? No. It's, a, it's a processing fee. It's a, you know, for all intents and purposes, a postage fee, a postage and handling fee, right? right. You know, for years, firms charge a postage and handling fee. You know, some firms it's fifteen dollars, some firms it's six dollars. Maybe that fee goes up to two dollars, or I mean, it goes up so, to so every, ex- every time they got to send you a piece of paper, they charge you for it. Oh, right. anything, right. right? Okay, got it. Right, exactly. Got it. Yeah, so they'll make they'll try and make the money up somewhere else. They make the money up somewhere else. They'll charge a different account fee. They'll charge um, if you're on the you know RIA side. You know, to be determined whether or not they're going to come back to the RIAs and increase their you know admin fees for running the money. What is interesting is that I think that the move with, for Schwab actually to a degree leveled the playing field within the, within the custodial space, right? Because if you just take, there's some you know bigger players in there, but if you just take Pershing and Raymond James as 
RIA custodian, right? They're ten, they tended to be on the higher end of the cost, trading costs. And Schwab was on the lowest end, and TD was on the lowest end. And, but what, what Schwab did was basically force all of them to go to zero. So now it's a level playing field. So these firms now have to come back to the table with what's going to differentiate them over another firm. Used to be scale. Oh, come put all your money with Schwab because we have more money. We have more client assets. And if you're with a firm that uses Schwab, that pitches come to us because our costs are lower. Well, the cost just went to zero, so everyone's costs are the same. So there's a lot of unknowns still. What's going to happen to if you're an RIA and you have and you're you're paying, you know, 15 basis points all in for for admin fees? And you know, you've been a part of those conversations where they're instead of a transaction charge, they calculate how many trades you do on an annual basis, and then they convert that into, well, this is what we'll charge you for all-in pricing on an admin fee. Well, now what? Yeah, exactly. That they're just went away. Yeah, how do they? How do you reprice that? Right, so they're going to have to reprice that. I think that if you're an RIA and you have that, that pricing model with your custodian, you should be having a conversation with them if they haven't had one with you already about what's your new price going to be. For admin fees. For oh, so admin fee. So it's the race to zero on admin fees? It, it, so it could theoretically be the race to zero on admin fees, which brings in another conversation is, now, how do they quantify what a, an appropriate admin fee is going to be? Well, that's hard to correlate, right? Right. Because now it's about service. Right. It was service. And, well, before it was technology, what, service, technology, you know, ticket other, charges. Ticket charges. Those are all the things that you baked into what the price was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so now these firms, these custodians can't compete on trading costs, you know, 495 295 395 whatever the number was. Now it's, it's going to have to be on other things. But the bottom line is... This game is all about assets. We finally, after at least the 20, almost 25 years I've been in the business where they've been talking about the price compression on trading going down, going down, going down, and one day it'll be zero. One day it'll be zero, right? We always thought, well, that's not going to happen, but it's here, which is odd. It's here in a, almost in a blink of an eye. I mean, the timeline that you, that you went through is a very short period of time. I didn't realize... I actually yeah, didn't realize that until I started pulling up some some research. What is there like? There's six, seven, eight firms already that have gone to zero. Yeah, and that just means there's going to be more because you, you're going to have to compete with that. Yeah, you know. And the other thing too, someone brought up in an article that oh, it's this is going to mean we're going to see a race to if you're in a, if you're in a wirehouse or retail you know environment, it's going to be a race to the RIA space because it's cheaper. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, because I think that the Merrills and the UBSs, I think they're going to be forced to do something similar, if not exactly the same, and take that piece of the of their cost away. They'll that will implement higher rates on lending. You know, they'll they have enough levers to pull where they can make up some of the difference. But what they need to do is go gather those assets. And I think that they are. It's only a matter of time before the wires or the or the W. I'll call them W two. So that that includes. Stiefel and Oppenheimer and RBC and all those firms, not just Merrill and Morgan, right? All of those firms, if you're at one of those firms, don't, I wouldn't say don't like think you're going to be pressured to go and join an RIA because that's the only way to get no cost uh, trading. I think that in a very short period of time, that's going to be a a non-existent thing in the industry. This, the cost to do business is zero, right? And so what are you bringing to the table? So if you're looking at custodians, you now have to ask them, what else do they offer to you as the RIA, the advisor? Are they going to bring in 
you know, advanced planning uh, where you now can access that stuff and maybe you have to pay for that. Or maybe the client pays for, for some of those things, things that they, they weren't doing before. I think right now, as we speak, there are management teams in place, strategy team in place at every single firm, and they are in backroom conferences trying to figure out what to do because this race to zero is going to hit them. This, I would say this next quarter's earnings are going to get hammered. Yeah. Uh, they're, you know, so it's just, it's going to be interesting to see. I think this sort of took everybody by surprise. Uh, no one really expected it. It was sort of like a, like you couldn't believe what you were reading. I know when I first read it, I was like, wait a minute, am I reading this the right way? Cause it's been talked about forever. And so then, then it happened. Then it happened. But look, we're always having these conversations. There's something always new coming up. I had a call today with, uh, with the press talking about new firms coming into the market. I think there's always room for competition. I think that this is just leveling the cost playing field. We'll see where it goes. You know, I'm definitely reading the news wires all the time now because curious to see what's next. Right. Um, yeah, it's a lot, lot getting disrupted, as I said before. Yeah. So yeah. You know, we're keeping our eyes peeled for you guys, gals out there. Uh, need for some good resources and information yeah if you're uh if you're really concerned about something in particular and you want to have a confidential conversation reach out to us 856-316-4653 for dale i see you thank you yeah there you go 856-316-4651 for frank there you go uh hit us up on uh my instagram account frank larosa.elite check out our website eliteconsultingpartners.com slash podcast if you want to have a confidential conversation with us just uh Go to our website, give us a buzz, give us a call. We'll talk about anything and everything. But yeah, this is uh, interesting times, a lot of stuff going on. I think firms are making decisions, getting in under the wire before the end of the year. So we're going to have a lot to talk about over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Financial Advisors Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, the leading experts in advisor transitions, succession planning, and broker-dealer and RIA M&A consulting. If you're looking for strategic advice or solutions on any of those topics within the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to the podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com. Yeah.